Just in I, case I was going to be what is, Shut up, dude. Fucking ruin it already. God, <laughs> shit. What's up, guys? It's episode 13 of Your House on Rules, the sports podcast. We are here. We're going to talk about some stuff tonight. I'm going to be here to talk about the draft because that's my thing. Um, some of the things that have been going on with the sports podcast, we haven't gone in a while. NCAA basketball's been over, so me personally, I haven't had anything to do, which means that it's kind of on these two losers to get their shit together, and they're just now getting it together. So, okay. So we're we're doing that. They might talk a little bit baseball and NBA playoffs. I wanted to cover NBA playoffs, but never got around to it. So we're going to go ahead and get into the draft and do all that. But before you do that, fucking stop what you're doing. Like, comment, subscribe. Comments are the most important. We're finding out how that hits the algorithm. So fucking just do that. Click the buttons. Share it with your friends, please. Type a letter. Doesn't even just type a letter. Yeah, right. I don't give a fuck. That works. Helps you hit the algorithm. So F's and, in the chat. Anyway, let's move on. 2023 NFL draft. It's over with. Some teams did good. Some te- teams not so well. Our team, the Cincinnati Bengals. I think all around, of, uh, a lot of people have us in like the top five at least with like our draft grades and stuff like that. And um, the first couple rounds, I was pretty mad about the first one, uh, Miles Murphy. Uh, I, but then after like a day, I thought about it and I was like, you know what? It does make more sense to get some defensive players, especially with all the contracts ending next year. And then uh, the first couple rounds were good. And then there were some iffy, iffy picks for us in the later rounds. But what'd you guys like overall see with the draft? Um, I know I was watching it with wallet, so we're going to go with Stolze first. Well, I know like that first night I kind of spent like talking you off a ledge off the miles Murphy ledge. Cause mm-hmm. you were like, I know that we both wanted Michael Mayer really, really bad. And at the end of the day, like, like we were, like we've been saying even prior to, you know, the draft, like this is going to be a tight end factory. Yeah. Like, Irvin, congratulations on your three-year contract next year, yeah. wherever you're about to play, yeah. Washington. But it's one of those things. Like, you got our entire defense coming up on a contract year, essentially. So you got Trey Hendrickson coming up, and honestly, what I think this does is you're going to have. Fresh legs with Miles Murphy and Trey Hendrickson being able to come in and out. It's two def- two different style rushes. Uh, Trey's a lot more of a finesse style run. He likes to do the rips, and Miles Murphy's just gonna go. He's a lot more like uh, like a lot more bull rushy, a lot more like in your face kind of rush. Yeah, big boy. So be nice to be able to filter those kind of guys, but potentially what it also allows us to do is put Miles Murphy on the opposite side of the line and move Sam Hubbard inside to work next to DJ reader, which I really like the idea of mm-hmm. so that was, and then another thing too, is that he comes from Clemson also where DJ reader played. And it's also the same four, three base defense. So he's not going to have to learn anything. It's going to be a lot more reacting versus. Right. And that's what a lot of people were telling me. That's what a lot of people were telling me because I originally was like, um, I wanted that Nolan Smith guy from Georgia, um, who was rated just one step behind him, I think. But I was like, my whole theory was like, you know, coming out of Clemson, the ACC was absolutely dog shit this year. Clemson was highly overrated. Georgia, that defense has won two straight national championships. Like it comes from a tested fucking background. It would make sense to get a guy like that. But after looking at it and people explaining it to me a little bit, he's a lot smaller, faster, and people were like, oh, you're just an LFL, uh, NFL combine whore. And I was like, first of all, no, I could give a fuck less about what anybody does at the combine. Uh, and then second of all, I was like, I just think he's more tested. But when it comes down, got a big guy, and the, the, the clip that really sold me on him was the Zay Flowers, the new wide receiver that Baltimore took in the first round. Comes off the edge and chases his bitch ass down. Fucking, yeah, so I was I'm like, I like that. I like that. That's our first pick. And a lot of people don't understand, like, 
this guy was predicted to be in the top 15 of the draft uh, starting out, and fucking we mm-hmm. got him at 28. So uh, any any comments for you over there, Mike? Oh, yeah. Hey, no, Kingsley. I, I actually really, really, really liked this pick, and mm-hmm. it's, uh, his athleticism is fantastic. They can also slide him over into the tackle spot if they need to rotate some of the tackles in and out. He's a multi-dimensional defensive lineman, and they lo- there's so much more that goes into – what they look at for a play in a player as far as schemes and how they would fit. And obviously you got contract guys coming up on defense, obviously a big deal. But at the same time, I also look at the first interview I watched when he came into Cincinnati right after the draft, his character too. Notice something about the Bengals since Zach Taylor's been very high on character. A head, a head coach is extremely like listening to Jordan battle speak. That guy, like he was a three-year starter on Alabama. Yeah. A three-year three starter. How do, you get him, how do you get him in the fourth round? In, in, in third round. Third, third round. round. But yeah, still, it was third round. Yeah. Charlie was the fourth. Yeah. Some people had Jordan Battle going to the Bengals in the first round. Yeah. Okay, I think that's a little bit too high and a reach, but still, they got him in the third. Anyway, Miles Murphy, I absolutely love that pick because, like I said, he, they're getting a lot of high-quality, high-character guys, and that goes in with the rest of the team of which they already have established. Now you're just building upon that locker room. I love that pick. Yeah. And with us, with us going, like, we were watching it, and, uh, you know, me, Jeff, and Mike were all watching together, and we are like, re- and even Stolze, who was texting me, because we both wanted Michael Mayer. We Like, it was our guy from the I very didn't. beginning. And, I did not. Yeah, I know you didn't. But um, even, even though we were still sitting there, we're sitting there watching it, and we're like, when are they going to get a fucking tight end? And after the first pick, it kind of made things a little bit more apparent. But after, like, the first three rounds, it was like, okay, what's going on? And then when they didn't even go after that Coons guy, I was like, they clearly don't want a tight end. But even before that, I kind of uh, kind of accepted that. So our, our second pick was DJ Turner. And when they came up, I remember me and Rhett, Jeff were talking about it. We're like, well, with who we got left on the board, if we're going with the best possible pick, it makes sense to be DJ Turner. And with our first three guys attacking the defense, contracts running out, we got a guy from Clemson a guy from Michigan, and a guy from Alabama. You're talking about three of the most tested teams in college football year after year. It's 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 just all-around good picks, in my opinion, for the first three. Um, Speed. The thing, the thing that I really, that's really That's one like thing with our entire yeah. draft. Our got high athletic rating on all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Speed, too, especially with DJ Turner, man. He's, oh, my gosh, dude. If you look yeah. at our, our uh, defensive backs as a whole – Everyone that we've got as a defensive back is either a five or a four, uh, four point five five or whatever or lower. Well, it, yeah. Jeff Speed. was Jeff was talking about that uh, the like athletic rating or whatever. It's on a scale of ten or whatever. I think every guy that we had on our draft this year is nine five plus, except maybe the punter. But um, even the punter that we picked up, like dude, he didn't have a touchback all year, and uh, apparently he's a he's got a hell of a leg. And we have Chrisman, who's already our punter right now, but apparently this dude's the favorite. I need to look him up his name real quick. He, he looks like a he, man's man too. He does. He got that mustache going on, but like yeah, he, Brad Robbins. So he he kicks the ball really high in the air to the point where his elevation. He's I don't know what the stat was exactly, but there was something that I I uh, heard or or saw that the elevation of his punts yeah. last season and the season before that were uh, to the point where I don't think he had very many or or any touchbacks. Yeah, it, yeah. from a certain like uh, uh, a certain area in the field or something like that. It was just it was crazy. I'm good with it just because of. Chrisman's last punt as a bangle because yeah. like 
literally that's the whole reason why there was even able to be a return is because it was a low hang time and we couldn't get anybody down there well we also have to like accept the fact that he's a brand new guy on the team uh he went to ohio state he did but also we've been pampered with a punter for the fucking past like 20 years because our fucking punter (laughs) has been the most consistent bangle to ever put on fucking stripes kevin huber man huber has been that man for like 20 years now so speaking of uh speaking of hating Ohio State, that's like my favorite thing about DJ Turner is the fact that he absolutely shut down that ridiculous I mean didn't like shut him down, but like they won against Ohio State and they have a ridiculous receiving core. Yeah. Like every one of those guys is I mean, obviously Jackson Smith and Jigba already got drafted. Pending next season, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a top five pick. Yeah. I he, would imagine yeah. he is the consensus number one pick unless a team needs a quarterback. I don't think there's anybody who's going to be close to him. He He's might win the Heisman as a receiver or at least be in contention. Dude, there might be like an offensive line or something, but yeah, like everybody loves him already. Yeah. Just because CJ Stroud's that, that's the type of fucking receiver that you don't it doesn't matter if you have a need on your team specifically, you go out and get that guy because he's going to be a future Hall of Famer. There's no doubt about yeah. it. Um, the other thing I want to say, go ahead, Billy. No, you can go ahead if you got something else. I was going to say, gonna say the, other, the other thing I wanted to say is too, like just in general with the Bengals draft class, is they didn't reach for anybody. They let the draft come to them. Yeah, a lot they of let the draft come to them. They did not reach. You could great. tell with all their picks. I mean, after after the first two rounds, like all the picks were kind of just coming in back to back to back. But you could tell. First round, fucking Miles Murphy came up. The Bengals had their pick in within fucking ten seconds. It was yeah, it, like yeah. almost, yeah. So many of them were like that, and they had their guy, and they that they let it come to to them. Yeah, they right? knew, they knew, or something. No, nah, yeah. My house was like rumbling for a second. I don't know what was going on, but um, yeah. They they had they had a plan. They knew who was coming up for each pick that they did. Um, even trading back to get battle in the third because we were like we're we're looking at that thing and uh. We're like, well, they're going to go after Darnell Washington, and then they traded back, and we're like, okay, I can't remember who else was on the board at the time, but we're like, well, at that point, I was like, they, they might as well trade back to Kansas City, get another pick in the sixth. I was like, it makes sense, and then they picked up uh, Battle, which was uh, I was a little bit of a shock to me, but you it know was- what? safety was one of the positions that I personally said there was a need for from the very beginning because our safety core got demolished over the, uh, over the off season. So even though we picked up two more guys and have two guys on, under there, it's nice to have someone who can come in and work under and fucking build a, a true tried and a tried and true bangle. No, I mean, I don't, I don't think there was much that the Bengals were interested in like in the previous picks. And that's why they traded back. Cause like when you look at it, the players picked in front of them were Michael Wilson, wide receiver, Darnell Washington, tight end, Wanya Morris, offensive tackle, Dorian Williams, interior linebacker, uh, DeMarvian Overshawn, interior linebacker. Like they weren't. We thought take they were any. going with Jones. Nope. that's who we thought they were. Juan going for. Jones. Yeah, yeah. And, like they weren't. Gonna, they weren't going to go for any of those guys. So it's just like. Yeah. You know, you're kind of just no. It made sense. Trade back. Yeah, no, the trade made anyway. sense. Uh, I, I was pretty consensus with the guys we were chilling with. But uh, mo- moving on from that, let's talk about a little bit of the later rounds that we have. Um, so you know, we got Charlie Jones in the fourth, um, which is whatever. I, I don't think we no. need more death at wide receiver. But one, okay. I don't know why we got the Princeton guy too. At that point, I think that it's just fucking overkill at wide receiver. I don't. Uh, Jeff was talking about that dude all night. Which is cool. He was. Yeah, he was <laughs> he talking really about him was. all fucking night. And then uh, Chase Brown from Illinois, the running back that we got. 
Um, at first, I wasn't necessarily sold on him because I thought we could have gone a little bit uh, earlier in the running uh, running back category, especially because right now it is something that we need. We need a guy who's going to play next year. All we have is Mixon, and it's even been questionable whether or not he's going to be, even though after the draft, uh, ZT did announce that he's going to be the starter next year. And it's looking like Chase Brown's going to be the, the second guy. Um, now, the yeah. one thing that really sold me on him is when, you know, I saw the clip of him getting drafted, fucking just breaking down, balling on fucking camera or whatever. You'll love to see that from a guy who gets drafted, man, because you Absolutely. know he's going to work. You know he's going to work. Yeah, but you guys have any statements about uh, those three in particular? 100%. Uh, yeah, Charlie Jones. I have got to talk about Charlie Jones. Like, the thing about Charlie Jones, um, played in the Big 12 or played in the Big 10, one of those, like, he literally passed on a scholarship at Illinois to go walk on at Purdue to just play no scholarship. I'm paying tuition. I want to play better ball. So he goes to Purdue and by the way, he goes up against Joey Porter jr. Who was the first pick of the second round of a team that is in his division. Mm-hmm. And in one game targeted 14 times, 12 receptions, 150 yards, 153 yards, one touchdown. The main reason why I really like this pick, though, is because what it allows the Bengals to do, because Charlie Charlie lines up outside more than like a Tyler Boyd or a Trent Irwin or Trent Taylor does. So it allows the Bengals to slide Jamar potentially into the slot, which makes just an absolute matchup nightmare with Jamar in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. And with the way that Jamar can bounce off tacklers and everything, you kid him at quick slant, dude, that's 75 yards waiting to happen. Yeah. Yep. So just one of those things that's a lot more versatility and he's a bigger Trent Taylor. He's a bigger Trent Irwin. So if anybody gets hurt, you just have another guy slide right on in. Yeah. And that's why I don't necessarily mind that pick, but getting two, two guys like that too. Cause the fucking, apparently the dude from Princeton's like that as well. Fucking just like it. So, I mean, we're also looking for a Boyd replacement, which I get because he takes up a lot of cap space. So it makes sense to get rid of him next year, unless he really wants to take a deal. But we're just we just got too much fucking power because you gotta think we got Trenton Irwin on the bench too, of who fucking had a fucking hell of a year and showed that he's he's got what it takes to be compete for that position. So why the fuck do we need goddamn seven receivers at this point in time? It just it just seems like too a little bit overkill to me. In my opinion. I mean, what were what were we gonna draft? I mean. The, yeah. We could have done a running got, back, but it ended, up, it ended up fucking falling back to the fifth round, the Chase Brown guy, um, which I saw a couple guys from, like, Minnesota. I know there's a guy from UAB that a lot of people were talking about. I think a Tulane guy was gone at that point in time. Um, that a lot Tulane of people were talking about. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, I think, was gone. I think the no, Cowboys this, got... the Kansas City guy, well, that's Deuce Vaughn, right? Kansas State, yeah. Yeah, Kansas I think, State. He was still on the board. He was still yeah. on the board. I love, I love yeah. this pick. Yeah, I love what they did in fourth round. Yeah, I do, but I just, I just don't see the receiver. It, Charlie, I'm all over the Charlie pick, dude. I love yeah, I'm it. all over that. Yeah. And here's the thing. I mean, we're looking at it from the outside and inside that, uh, you know, the, those that boardroom, like the, or that draft room. Like, talk about him. They, with that, and they, they just, like, we don't know if there's an absolute definite that the wide receivers, you know, one A and one B is what I call them, Chase and, and Higgins. We have a strong suspicion that we're going to be able to re-sign some of those guys, but there's absolutely no guarantee. So if you can, if you can take somebody that can even line up uh, similar to a Higgins, like what that Princeton dude is in the in that round that we took him in the sixth round, you go after him. 
because there's no guarantee that they're that they're gonna you know those some of the guys that are already starting on our team are gonna be there in the next couple of years and chances are dude when you get into the sixth and seventh rounds like your best player available is gonna be an old college quarterback that played four years or it's gonna be a wide receiver or, yeah, exactly everything's right. gone by that point yep everything else is gone by that point I mean because it's a risk to take an interior offensive lineman or a defensive tackle at that point, because most likely that player is probably not going to be on your team or they're going to be on a practice squad. Mm-hmm. You might as well get somebody that potentially has mm-hmm. a guy out of it. The, and to, to expand upon that at the same time, look at our wide receiving uh, wide receiving death depth at wide receiver. Look at our depth at wide receiver. Some of those guys might be better than what we already have on our team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we have too much depth I think, though. I think it is possible. Better than Stanley Morgan. You know what I mean? I think I think like Charlie Jones will be better than Stanley Morgan. Yes. Yeah. Sure. You know, one of those. Like I get it, but fucking, there's just going up against. There's just too much depth. I think so. I I don't think you can have too much depth. You can, but (laughs) fucking, like we need players on fucking defense that are going to see the fucking field and shit like that. I think we might have wanted to get a a couple more defensive players at that point. It was like six or seven games that Jamar and T were on the field. Both both of them were on the field. The entire game, yeah, like, got hurt, but there's no guarantee that's going to happen we, again. Well, yeah, but there's also no guarantee that it's it not. Does that it doesn't? True, right? Exactly. Well, so you go, you go and get those athletic guys. And like, I, I want to say one more thing about Jordan Battle. What? How many years did he play at Alabama? What, was he a junior when he came out this year? Three. Yeah. So look at the fact that that guy was a three-year starter. How many freshmen do you think Nick Saban starts? No, that was one of the big points that they made. He doesn't do that. Fucking he, yeah, big boy. To get someone to get someone that athletic, obviously for the three years that he started, has coming. He's coming into a, a, a franchise with a ton of experience. Yeah, big get, big get for sure. Yep. I, get. I, I like what we did for. I, I like what we did all around in the draft, and even if I, there are a couple things that I think we could have done a little bit better, fucking, I trust the process, and they know a hell of a lot yep. better more than I do. Yep. You guys have any comments on the fucking um the guy from Miami, uh, DJ Ivy that we got? Because that was another good pick that I thought we had. We need a little bit of death in uh, cornerback to get somebody in the seventh round. Um, a lot of people have him as like a, a, a B grade uh, for when we got him. So uh, I, seems like a good guy. I don't know much about him. Uh, I, I don't 30, know much played about 33 him. games, six picks. That's yeah. about it. Ivy has length to get his hands on receivers. and So basically he's a good – he's good at jamming at the line. He's really long. Yep, which playing, I mean, in the, guys. playing in the fucking AFC North, fucking we need some physical guys. Yep, I was just gonna say that's the thing. Yeah, because we're gonna break Odell in half. Like what? Like I don't understand what they're fifteen million dollars for Odell Beckham. Thanks, Ravens. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, well, that's. I mean, like, look, Miles Murphy, dude. That guy is like you said, he's a bull rush. So mm-hmm. even putting him in, you know, it, it, like swapping him over into a, a tackle position for some plays and stuff, you know, uh, first, yeah, you give first BJ, down, you give BJ Hill plays off. You can you can switch people all over the place. So man. like when freaking Hubbard and Hendrickson are coming around the edge, you've got that bull rush to where they've got to close that gap. And if they do, see ya, we're off the edge and we're we're coming at you. And it's one Love of those it. things too, because like Hubbard's really, really like his. In my opinion, Hubbard's best thing is him like containing that edge. Like he does yep. a very good job of making sure quarterbacks can't scramble. So yep. if you can have any kind of interior pressure outside of DJ Reader, it's gonna be a problem. Oh, big time! Yeah, because <clears throat> now we're coming at you in in multiple ways. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Cool. You guys have any more closing comments about the draft? No, honestly. 
nobody really got a bad grade. Like that it was like looking at it, like nobody had below like a C. Uh, on the entirety yeah. of the draft? Yeah. Or yeah. just like, our guys. Like, no, the entirety of the draft, every team. Like every team it looks like was able to fill needs and even then some. Really? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I saw that on Pat McAfee's uh uh, pod, uh like, no their, one their team show. one team actually got uh uh um cowboys I think, I think it was a g yeah even lower than an f and it was the cowboys because fucking <laughs> yeah i saw that but like but mcafee even mentioned on his show like he's like dude it seemed like everybody like really likes the draft for their team like you know yeah. the and the uh analysts and stuff like that like mel kuyper gave us an an a for our draft mm-hmm. And he's very, he's not not really ever been that nice to Cincinnati yeah, usually, in their drafts. Usually, the only person that likes Cincinnati's drafts is Shrags. Yep, that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, I was watching a, a pod last night, and they were going over the analysts that graded the draft that were actually, you know, some someone in that industry, and no one gave us anything less than a B. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, at the same time, now we're fucking kind of a contender in the AFC. So, well, well yeah. every single one of our picks we took at like an average of twenty-five picks below what they were valued. Yeah. Yes. Like, exactly. Did a very good job on yep. taking value picks yep. where we where we. They picked. didn't reach. They didn't reach. They stuck to what they stuck to their guns, and that's a testament to Duke Tobin. I mean, he's one of the best I think in the in the league to do what he does. That's pretty much the only reason why. I was so heavy on tight end was because Duke Tobin kept saying best player available, best player available. And when I say, when I hear best player available, it just defensive end doesn't come into my mind. Yeah. Neither does cornerback. So I'm just like, okay, we don't need receiver. Definitely could use a receiving tight end because we have some blocking guys. So if we can run any kind of two tight end set where you just shed Mm -hmm. and run a Travis Kelsey route. Perfect. It's an extra yeah. check down with a guy who's even more versatile than that's what one, our guys are. That's one thing that I will say, too, when it comes down to it. You know, we got another receiver. I think that we should have got a fucking tight end out of that because I just we don't. Did, we did I sign a tight end. I don't think we did, but I don't see fucking Irv Smith or Sample. Neither of them have really been fucking uh, tested. They each have, like, you know, the kind of one's more of a blocker and one's more of the athletic guy on the, the tight end side of things. But I would have liked to have that guy like Koontz, who we were talking about the whole time, who fucking had a very high athletic score, easily could have ran two fucking tight end sets with them. It fucking would have been great, but they just didn't do it. So, And also, like you talk about the uh, the Bengals tight end factory, if we get a guy on a rookie contract who we can keep for four years that's just an absolute stud, like why wouldn't you do that? But instead we just stack up on more receivers? That doesn't make fucking sense to me. I'm sorry. That That was my main thing was the cheap tight end. But at the same time, though, like you're still paying Michael Mayer a first-round draft pick salary. That's cool. We didn't need to get him. We could have waited. There was The tight end draft was deep. Anybody. Anybody. Yeah. Like come the second round, the tight ends were gone. Right. Once Mayer got picked, that was the last like premier tight end that everybody was talking about. I mean – for the most part so it's like yeah because they even that dude from iowa that like schoonberger or whatever the fuck his name is you know michigan michigan I thought and he, he was, was from iowa he was the first one is he was i thought that was a, one of the dallas cowboy picks where people were like really i think that was a tight end from michigan yeah that they picked. was it michigan i thought it was Iowa. Yeah. i'm pretty sure the guy i'm talking about is an iowa guy but i don't fucking let's know. look like, it up regardless there was a lot of other guys in there who people were naming as like you know later guys that we could get and it just didn't happen so i i that that was my one mistake that i think that the Bengals made in the draft um and uh we also didn't get fucking a new quarterback because joey b sucks I heard that, and it was Luke Schoonmaker. It was the second 
round, it was the Dallas Cowboys, 58th overall, and he did play for Michigan. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, Shut well, up, I, I know. <laughs> That's right, damn it, fuck you. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's move on. Um, do you guys want to talk about other things? Because uh, I could potentially talk about the Reds' attendance because just being a Cincinnati guy, um, and could even stick in for the NBA playoffs. I just can't really say much about the NBA playoffs because I haven't actually watched most of it. Just been following it a little bit. So yeah, me either. Uh, I'm the kind of the same way. I could talk about the Reds' attendance and a little bit about the play. I mean. Kind of surprised if you want to kind of jump into it. The NBA, I was surprised by the Grizzlies out in the first round. I know uh, there's been uh, there's I, been two upsets now. Yeah, I mean it's uh, I hate to see LeBron go anywhere, but yeah, you're stupid, dude. Home. We get it. You don't like and fucking LeBron, but like it's LeBron him. fucking James, dude. He's still doing shit at fucking damn near forty years old. Like hate. he's he yeah. is just with longevity, he's the greatest fucking player of all time. And like, no, yeah. It's not even close, and, dude. It's really not. No, and, it's not. And, no. He is. We have an entire podcast about that. But I anyway, um, oh, that's fine. I'll do it twice as long of a podcast ever, just because LeBron's accolades are can, twice as yeah, long. Yeah, we as can Michael's. do an entire podcast. Like and, it's 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 um, a thing. Anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, other than you know some of the upsets, I mean, it, I haven't really watched a whole lot uh, of it. Kind of sucked to see the Kings lose to the to the Warriors just because yeah. I like Malik Monk and and De'Aaron Fox. Well, the only thing about that is though it does set up that whole like Warriors Lakers or LeBron Warriors rivalry that we got going right. on because that right. was going on when he was in Cleveland. But that that's cool. But you're right. I did really want to see Golden State get dethroned first round. You know all that good shit because uh, I don't think has LeBron ever lost in the first round of the playoffs. I know he didn't make it last year, but. Um, I don't think he's ever lost in the first round because um, his entire once. first ten years at fucking once. in the league, he was fucking in the goddamn uh, Eastern Conference Finals um, every fucking year, um, and even probably on to that because that that's just a freakish statistic right there. But um, yeah, it does suck that they they lost. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the first time, uh, I think it was twenty twenty. I think it was last year. Yeah, yeah, it was last year, and that was it probably was the first time. First he, time that first time he ever got first rounded. Or he did make the playoffs and got first rounded. Yeah, it's okay. the only time he's ever been first rounded. Yeah. How many NBA Finals? Thirty-seven years old. Nine. Nine. How many has he won? And dude, I think that he's been in the Eastern Championship game every year except for last. No matter what. So he's been in nine Finals. How many has he won? How many titles has he won? Uh, four. Four. Uh, how many uh title or championships was Jordan in? Uh, six, and he won six. six. Yeah. Okay. Cool. How many? How many Hall of Famers? How many Hall of Famers? How many people are in the Hall of Fame yeah. that yeah. were on the 96, 97 okay. Bulls, and how many we're... people are going to be in the Hall of Fame that were on the twenty seventeen Cavs? Yeah. The first ten years that fucking he was at the Cavs. Is there uh, any single fucking NBA All Star? Even like an All Star. Right, moving on. Moving on. Is uh, yeah. Hey, you want to do Thompson it? Hasn't, well, moving on. Tristan I Thompson has an All Star. He's right though. He's right though. We should we should move past the fucking LeBron Jordan thing. You're the one that brought it up though. Just so you know. I just. That's some bitch shit. The I second he realized he was wrong, he just started backing down. I know, because he doesn't I'm know he's talking wrong. about. I proved he my just point fucking hates LeBron. No, you're not really proving a point. point. You're just fucking we can, we can you're just one of those bitch-ass motherfuckers that fucking um, wants to run a goddamn mouth but not back it up with anything. Who are the Knicks playing right now? The Knicks are playing the Heat, who upset Heat. the Bucks, which you hate yep. to see because I do I do kind of like the Bucks, but um, Jimmy Butler in the playoffs, man, is some something else. That was an 8 over a 1. I don't yep. know how many times Bam that's even Bayou. happened. Uh, do you Michael Jordan's son, dude. Do you Jimmy guys, Butler is Michael Jordan's son. Do you guys know how many times an eight has upset a one seed in the NBA playoffs? Because 
I don't know if that's ever happened before. Oh, it's happened. It has. It's happened. I'll look it, it up. It happens quick. more frequent than a 16 over a 1 oh, in yeah. college basketball, well, yeah. that's for sure. Uh, let's see. It doesn't even say. It just says they make history, but it doesn't say how many. Okay, but well, the... It happened in 94. It happened in 99. It's happened a couple times. Still, that's not that much, so I get your no. point, Billy. It doesn't happen. It's... Yeah. it's you know, pr- a pretty pretty rare yeah. occurrence that that happens. And also, with the way things are, like, if you took a look at going into the playoffs, the NBA, like, race in the West, it was, like, fucking four through ten were all within three games of each other for, like, the last month of the season. It was right. some crazy fucking shit like that. And uh, there were a couple standouts, but it, the one standout uh, did lose. And then as, as the Nets, the Nets ended up losing, but I think they ended up dropping back because... Before they lost Kyrie, they were up there like a, a three seed. I can't remember if they were the West or not, but um, they they dropped back a whole bunch. And then, yeah, but besides that, we had a we had a seven upside set of two and a one or eight upset of one. Um, yeah. And coming down it's anyone's to, game this year, it it really is. But I think LeBron might be making a run, y'all. I I don't know how you feel about that, Stolzy, but. I, I, they're playing good ball right um, now. And this is my hot talking take about right how here. good their defense has been playing. Um, this is LeBron's best team he's ever been on. Sorry, I unplugged is, my mic. Oh, sorry. It is his most complete team he's ever been on. It's the most help he's ever had. Out like you can say the Heat, but the thing is, once you got to Bosch and once you got to uh, Dwayne Wait. Wade, you had a old Ray Allen. You had Mike Miller, who was a fucking starter. You had Birdman. Then in Cleveland, you have Matthew Delavadova, Iman Shumpert, Tristan Thompson. Like, yeah. now you look at the role players that LeBron has on this Lakers team, and LeBron can go sit out for 10 minutes yeah. and not be down 15 points when he comes back in like he was in Cleveland when he had to literally play 38 minutes a game. Right. So, yeah, I think it's like, dude, he's got a real chance. It's the, A part of me thinks it's winner of this series takes it. Like, takes the finals like i think this is kind of the finals but i, I don't know I don't man know. the fucking the heat and knicks are both in the no they're in the east um neither neither one of those teams can keep up with the warriors and scoring though if the warriors no, gosh, get out no. like yeah, if the warriors if that's why i think if the warriors win this series they win it all like yeah. that's i think this is the championship who do we got here i'm trying to figure out because the celtics and Sixers, oh we got the nuggets and Suns, man fucking Dude, the the Suns are that new super team that just came in. Like they got they got Durant and um, who else? I don't trust they, it. They got. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to trust Durant when it comes to like you, you know not choking unless he's literally on the best fucking NBA team of all time. Oh, and it, it's not even that. It's the fact that he doesn't even have a full season with these dudes. Like he came over like way into like the, like halfway ago. into the it was like halfway into the season, and then he didn't it play for the first while that he was there. Yeah. So, like, he just started playing with these dudes, so but they're still feeling each other out as they're going into the playoffs. I and... get that, but the Nuggets are also pretty good, too, and Denver's up 2-0, actually, over the Suns, but that's the number one that's seed. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't trust them. But, like, Dallas – or the Nuggets, like, they're good. Yeah. And the thing is, like, they always have, like, Jamal Murray gets hurt all the time. So, like, last past couple years in the playoffs, like, they always ended up catching an injury bug, so they couldn't keep on pushing through. So, it's like – if. If they stay healthy, I can definitely, obviously, see them making it out of the West. Mm-hmm. But I just, dude, the Warriors, like, 
No. All of a sudden, the Warriors can just score 25 points, dude. No Heat, Celtics, uh, 76ers? I don't think so. It. I, I think the Sixers make it out of there. I think the Sixers are the best team overall. And they'll have the best... Like, when I'm looking at these series, like, I always, like, try to match it up player by player, and I just think the Cel- or the 76ers, whenever they're on the court in the East, are going to have the best player on the floor. Right. So, in a seven-game series, I'm going to take the team with the best player on the floor, which is why I never say LeBron's going to lose. Yeah. Especially exactly. in the series. No, I mean, you got to beat them four times. I mean, I was looking at that, and, like, even before the playoffs even started, I was like, I bet teams are just hoping that the fucking Lakers aren't making it in. Because that, that just has upset written all over it. Hundred percent. You can't go against LeBron in the fucking playoffs. No matter how, no. no matter how much you hate him, you can't fucking do it. So I think you're right. I personally, I don't think that Golden State is going to be able to keep up with the Lakers this year. Uh, the, and those are two teams that I probably know the most about this year. I think the the Golden State's just way down. So I, I would see it, but there are definitely some teams that I could see Golden doing State's it. That's champs, dude. That's like. one thing that I like about this year in the NBA playoffs. This is like the first year that you really can't predict who's going to be in the finals since the beginning of the year, and it's it's highly competitive this year, in my opinion. So. We'll, we'll see what happens, man. Fucking, you guys want to go anywhere else with what we got? Yeah, let me roast the Reds for a second. Okay. No, no, you got nothing to say about the playoffs, not, uh, um, Wallet? No, not anymore. I mean, not anymore than we just talked about it. But you are right, Spilly. It's it's everyone's game. Yep. Anyone's game this year. And I like that. I mean, I think it makes things competitive a little bit. I hate that in college basketball, but I do, don't do mind it in NBA. <laughs> I like the Blue Bloods in college. So, yep. But, yeah, go ahead and roast the Reds, Stolze. Okay, so the Reds are obviously like just the most abysmal, Done. just horrible, terrible, select adjective, whatever you want. So I've heard. It's, it's so bad. Anyway, the attendance, the whole where are you going to go thing that the Castellini, that uh, Castellini came out and said on opening day two years ago. <laughs> we found other places to go. Um the Reds announced 7,375 fans attended the club's series opener Monday against the Tampa Bay Rays. It was the smallest crowd in the 20-year history of the ballpark, including all of the games that were capped at 30% capacity during the 2021 season oh, during wow. the COVID-19 pandemic restrictions. Oh, wow. That is terrible. Yeah, no. And here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. Elder High School, mm-hmm. the pit, holds 10,000. Well, Elder High... The my alma mater, I will always love that name. <laughs> we will elder elder will put elder will put ten thousand people in that stadium to play West High on a Friday night. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's how embarrassing this is for the Reds. Yeah, like I, I'm kind of looking through it though. Like the Reds aren't even close to the last team in the MLB. So, like, why is it, is it just that we've lost so much faith in the fucking ownership and the, the team that, that, like, people don't want to go? Yeah, I would say this is about 70% boycott and 30% they're just not putting a productive, like, a competitive product on the field. Yeah. Like, they're actively, like, talking about trying to save money and make money and do yeah. everything like that, which is just the worst business. Like, I don't right. know what PR people these guys have, right? but it is just the worst. Like, you don't talk money. No, like that. How is how exciting is that for people looking at, on the outside, looking in, and they're just like, "Oh yeah, that makes me want to go to a Reds game." Yeah, especially when Castellini definitely seems like he's blackout drunk 
and getting in front of Brandon Seho's camera yep. on the first baseline and just doubling down on everything he said. Yep. It's like, dude, zero fucks. Like, get this guy on a leash, bro. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, and it's it's getting to the point for me where like Oakland is selling their team to o- Oakland's moving to Vegas. Like they, well, not officially, but Oakland's owners just bought a whole plot of land in Vegas and they're getting all the permits started to get re- get ready to build. It's getting to the point where, like, I almost want the MLB to come in and, like, say, you guys have to sell the team. You, like, want, it's, it's you, re- want, you want Cincinnati to get rid of the first fucking MLB b- baseball no. team? That's no. not going to happen. I want, I want ownership forced out by the fucking league. Oh, gotcha. Oh, okay. Well... Because like no, in my yeah. like if you're the if you're the commissioner well, here's of the, the league, here's if you're the commissioner one thing of the that league, I will you have multiple teams that are like purposely not putting a good product on the field and just throwing beer league softball players out there. It's like at what like do you want them in your like do you want them there? Like if you're a boss, if you're a boss yeah. and you have all these people that are really good at their job and you got some dude in the back just kicking lug nut buckets over and spilling shit <laughs> everywhere, like that's what the Reds are. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, they're they're he just stole he just defined himself as an employee. <laughs> well, oh, dude, yeah. The one thing that I will say <laughs> about about the Reds this podcast and, has to work. The, <laughs> 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 yeah, it does. The one thing I will say about fucking the Reds or like just Cincinnati fan base in, in general when it comes to sports or whatever, if you do not put a good team or at least not even a good team, a fucking average team on the field. Yeah. God damn it! Will we boycott? And we will. We will be a terrible shithead bunch of people to fucking have a team. The thing for. is, that doesn't make us a bad sports city. Like Cincinnati as a whole is such is a very good sports city. Like the thing is, is like when you say where are you gonna go, FC Cincinnati's selling out everything. I'll I'll give the Cyclones. Cyclones are in the playoffs right now. I'll give Elder, I'll, like I'll give it to people you. People are finding places. I'll to give go. it to you. It is a sports city, but when it comes down to it, fucking the fans are a little bit too fair weather for my my tasting, man. Because some of them are just like fucking. The second you don't make the playoffs, it's like we have a good team that's rebuilding. Fucking give it some time. There's motherfuckers like it, Z, ZT's first year. Like get rid of him. He fucking sucks. With right. fucking and like we get. Yeah. Joe Burrow is like, what, what the fuck are we doing here? And then all of a sudden they yep. make the AFC championship game the next year. And it's like, now everybody absolutely loves the fucking team. That's the yep. shit that I don't like about Cincinnati fans that fucking Agreed. absolutely aggravates the shit out of me. If you weren't there at two and 14, don't fucking come to fucking 12 and four. And I, it's agree, not, I don't really I, think it is. Absolutely, I do because it, it, fucking look at our look at our closest look. Hey, uh-uh, look at our fucking closest guy, the closest team up north, fucking in Cleveland. Worst franchise in the history of fucking any professional sport that there is, and their fans are die hard. They will sell yeah. out every fucking game. It's not every fucking. Yep. It's not even every fan in Ohio, dude. No. No, Tell I me the Cowboys fans are like Spilly. that. I mean, Cowboys are toxic for a different reason. Yeah, but fucking, you think Oakland dude, fans are like that? I am in no. every. I'm in literally all these groups of all these fans. Do you know how many fucking Bills fans were suicidal over the fucking divisional game? Of course, because when it comes down to it, it, it the Bills and fucking Lions, the, the Bills. Every single, every single team. Listen, every team. Shitty fans. Listen, bro, listen. You have teams like the Bills who fucking were literally the second team, last team to not have a playoff win. That was them. So like that's completely understandable. Then you even have the Lions who are probably the second worst franchise on like the Browns that I talked about. But their fans are even fucking good. 
Why are the Bills under understandable, but the Bengals aren't when they're in the exact the Bengals same aren't fucking with the, it's the exact the, same the, position up until two years is. ago. That's the point that I was trying to make. But then why, the but why are you saying that the Bills is understandable, but the Bengals isn't? Because the fucking Bills come from the same type of fan, same fan base. They come from the fucking shitty ass team. They fucking have the the fucking bullshit ass fucking boycotts and shit like that. And now they have a good good team, which is what it is. I'm not going to hate on people for having a good team, but like they're not the diehard fans like some of the other ones, like the 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 Browns are, like the fucking showing up Cowboys fans are, like up, fucking Lions fans are. Showing up for bad owners and still making them money does not make you a good fan. Not necessarily, but I oh. would, I would argue it makes you a good fan. Not showing up when Paul, when Mike Brown doesn't want to give a fucking dime to anybody. Not showing up and boycotting, saying we want a better product on the field. We're still Bengals fans. You haven't lost any Bengals fans. We're all still here. We're just we're just not watching right now because you don't give a shit about the team. So why should I? Yeah, you're the direct investor. So why should I? But look what ha- but if look you what happened. Care, I'll care. I'm not going to invest my energy into it. I mean, we have two different viewpoints on it because I, I, I support my team no matter what. Fucking like the Bengals are always going to be my team. I'm always going to do them if they need to be boycotted. Like that is what it is. Trade, Don't go to games. Joe Burrow, trade Joe Burrow. You're a Bengals my, fan. My family, if they trade from Joe Burrow, yes, I am still a fucking Bengals fan. Yes, you're a fucking idiot. I, I'm not, but at the same time, like I won't fucking. There's a difference though. Like I will be a fan of it. I won't turn my back on the team just because we go fucking two and fourteen. But I still will boycott. God. Fucking me and my family has always do, have always done the thing. Shit, until Mike Brown, uh, almost all my family, almost all my family does not have. Uh, listen, almost all my family does not have season tickets anymore because of Mike Brown. They said, you know what? Fuck this guy. We're absolutely done. They're not going to have any success until they until he's off the field. They boycott it, but they're still there, still supporting the team, or not at the game, but they're still watching the games. Dude, no, I just want to say one thing. I want to say one thing. If they traded Joe Burrow tomorrow, I would be outside of Mike Brown's house with a pitchfork and a and a brick. Yeah, we'd all be pissed, but I'm still gonna fucking okay. No, no, I I wouldn't. I would not watch. I would not watch one of those games and boycott of the dumbest decision. And I think I see your points, Billy, but I feel like that. That I mean. Making dumb decisions and stupid ownership, and just saying, you know what, I'm not like I haven't watched one Reds game this year. Granted, I think if they were, you can boycott still be a fan. Even if they weren't, granted, even if they were relevant, I mean, maybe I'd probably pay a little bit more attention. I'm just not a much of a baseball fan, but at the same time, yeah, I'm. I'm, What Castellini said even before he was like, "There's a meme that was like, get in, we're getting rid of everybody because he doesn't care." No. And it's it's evident that he doesn't care with the product that he put has put on the field. And as a Cincinnati fan, that is why we have the perception we have from outside of our city as being a shitty sports city because we have a high ownership, a high bar, man. We do, yeah, absolutely. And our fans first, will first baseball team, right? And our fans are going to let. Should and they've let an ownership know, being the fourth uh, lowest attendance team this year fourth we have like an average of 15,000 people i think that show up to that to to that stadium and there's been a, a lot of games that have been like under 5,000 that's it's terrible a, it's a joke dude like it's a joke and like you said it's beer league softball the freaking old timers beer league softball the freaking elderly fuckers the games are literally more competitive than these games I right swear. yeah go to west side on a weekend during the rumpy tournament or wherever the fuck it is yeah <laughs> But yeah, it's like, dude, half of the some of these conference guys that play like 
pro softball. Like some of these dudes could probably go play for the Reds just because they go. make foul tip with a ball and they're just like, yeah, I'll take league minimum. It's like, dude, I can do that. Yeah. I mean, they you probably go and drink with Castellini. I'll strike out every at bat and right. I'll take league minimum. You yeah. want me to catch a fly ball? I can do that for sure. I mean, Let me ask you this, Stolzy. Let me ask you this, Stolzy. So what is what is the solution? We've just talked about the problem for 10 minutes. What's the solution? Uh, hang Castellini in Fountain Square. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, so the realistic well, I'm just good solution. for a good old lynching, bro. <laughs> so Castellini being there, I guess obviously nothing could probably be even a real solution with him still in, in charge. No, the... With him still in charge, the only thing that can happen is a salary cap, which we've I've said before, like it'll never happen because it's all through the players' union, and yeah. the players' union got a league with no salary cap, and they're never going to go backwards on it. Absolutely not. So it's just one of those things where I don't know what the – like baseball so far gone. Like Bring back this, Marge shot. <laughs> dig her bones yeah, up. <laughs> yeah, dig her bones up and – yeah. But – I, there's really outside of Castellini selling the team to a guy who actually wants to put money into the team. That's the only option. Okay. Is a salary cap in baseball, gotcha. and like that's just never going to happen. Yep. Well, okay. we also said that about Mike Brown for years and years and years, and like he's still de- technically the owner, but he's not under the management anymore. So he's not doing chance. nearly as much in that role yeah. as what he has in the past, and it's definitely but shown. The point is, <laughs> yeah, maybe there is a chance. is doing everything that he used to do. Right, yeah. but the point is, maybe there is a chance. So We also have a guy by the name of Joseph Lee Burrow. Yeah, my friend Joe. Yeah. I'm going to get I his tattoo on my back. Okay. Do we have anything else to say? I, I just want to <laughs> like close with one point about the MLB. The only reason I'm not the best player in the league is because I hate baseball. Just saying. Billy, I'll blow a fastball by you. No, no, no you won't. Shut up, dude. Fucking. I'll drink the beer and get, eat the hot dog. Give, give me a 12-pack in 30 <laughs> minutes. I'm going to be the fucking all-time hater, bro. Coming to great Spilbino. All right. Thursday night at Westside. So, hold on. Uh, Stolzy, you come over to my house when we do a summer podcast on the deck, and we'll yeah, I'll get a I'll get a baseball bat and a, and a baseball, and we'll I got go in the backyard. I got all the okay. shit. You bring the shit. You got a nice backyard for it too. It's nice and flat. Yeah. And fucking see if you can hit size. that in the woods, Billy. See if you can get that wiffle ball through the years or through the woods, man. If you if you can hit it in that far in the woods, Stolzy has to go find it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was completely joking, but fucking you, no, it, I want to hear. Yeah, let's do it. I'm in. Oh, well, you guys, you guys done with uh, done with the attendance thing? Yeah. I don't think we have any other closing comments before we end episode 13 of Your House or Rules. So this is the Fuck end. Fuck the Castellinis. Fuck the Castellinis. I love Joe Burrow. Peace. Beautiful eyes.